Uh, we acknowledge the traditional owners of this land on which we gather. We pay our respects to the elders, past, present and emerging. We ask the ancestors of this land to be with us in spirit as we seek to learn and understand, to grow in knowledge and compassion. Welcome, everybody. I can't believe Sheila told us to behave because I find that quite challenging. Um, so we really hope that we, this will be both insightful but really fun. You know, this is just an open session. It's not lost on me that um, if it wasn't for the uh, GP, the global pandemic, um, we would be in Adelaide this week together at the conference and tonight we would be on our third day of conferencing and tonight would be our chapter dinner but it's okay we've rebooked the same really groovy place for next year um, so really lovely to see all your faces and as um, Sheila said um, take advantage of the chat and um, and we hope that we'll have some time to answer questions and have a bit of a chat at the end as well. So I just wanted to introduce our panellists today. We've got just this wealth of knowledge. The topic that I'd just like to thank Joe for putting this, Joe Hutchins for putting this topic forward, is just about um, a couple of things to do with, it's really more of a community relations um, angle, not a fundraising angle. And it's about how to jumpstart your alumni program. It could be that you've had um, you're, a, you're in a school of some years and you've had an alumni program sort of bubbling along in the background but really needs a bit of a kickstart and a bit of a jolt to the system. Or it might be that you're a really young school and um, it's not really established yet. So we really hope that today we'll be able to give you some little nuggets of things to just get started because it's all about just that first step. So without further ado, if you'd like to wave Joe, Joe Hutchins is the Director of Advancement at Arden. And Lynn, are you there? Yep. Yeah, if Lynn, if you'd like to give a wave. Um, Lynn is the Director of Community Engagement at St Andrew's Cathedral School. And Philippa, with her beautiful red lipstick, is the uh, Director of Alumni Relations at PLC. So, Sydney, PLC Sydney, that is. So I thought what we'd do to get started is we'll just go to each of the panellists and I'll ask you to give us an overview of your school, your school size, where you are in location and your team size, just to give people a little bit of context of, of where you're coming from. Philippa, can we start with you? Sure. Um, hello, everybody. So I work at PLC Sydney, which is in Croydon in the inner west, not PLC Pimble, just that's often a, a regular question. Um, we have approximately 1,400 girls at PLC and we have been around for 132 years. So we're an old school um, and my role is Director of Alumni Relations. This is my third year in the role um, and I'll go into a bit more about that. But, um, but yeah, so we're an old school, a lot of ex-students around. <laughs> jo? Hi, everyone. Um, I work at Arden Anglican School. We're a P to 12 co-education Anglican school. We have two campuses. Uh, so that's an interesting di dilemma. <laughs> we have our primary school at Beecroft and our secondary school at Epping. Um, my role is Director of Advancement and a couple of my team are online. Alana, who is our Community Engagement Coordinator, and Jude, who is our advancement rock of the department. She keeps us all intact. <laughs> Fantastic. And Lynn? Um, yes. Hello, everyone. I work at St Andrew's Cathedral School, which, for those who may not know, is a high-rise school in the middle of the city, right next to Town Hall and next to St Andrew's Cathedral. We're a co-educational school from K to 12, uh, about 1,300 students across two high-rise buildings. Um, we do the IB and the HSC and we've been around for a really long time and the school's 135 years old but for much of that time our students left in year nine and graduated at other schools and it was a boys school so a lot of our alumni are also the alumni of other schools so it's sort of a mix of a very old alumni organization I think we're one of the oldest it was founded in 1906 as the old boys union but also an extremely, extremely young organisation because it evolved and changed so much um, over time. Uh, we also have an Indigenous school within a school uh, here, which is a whole other sort of alumni situation. So a K-6 um, Indigenous school called Gawara. 
And then um, as far as our team's concerned, uh, my role is Director of Community Engagement. So that sort of covers a lot more than just alumni, but we have uh, Karen Swivel, who is our alumni coordinator, who works um, full-time, but about, you know, two days a week equivalent on alumni. Fantastic. Well, let's stay with you, Lynn, since you've got all our attention at the moment. Um, and would you like to just explain to us how your alumni association started and when? You, you've already touched on that a little bit. Yeah, so it started in 1906. At the time, the school had something like 40 students. So I'm talking a really, really small school. And so all the alumni knew each other in the old boys union and they um, were really close. They had dinners every year. It was almost like a year group reunion, so quite different. It carried on that way for about 60 years. Um, and then it's sort of when you've had a dedicated group as they retired, there was no one really to replace them. When the girls came here, we went co-ed, fully co-ed in 2008, but we first introduced girls in senior college in 1999. We became the Old Andrians Association. Obviously the old boys union wasn't gonna work. Um, but we just didn't have an engaged association for quite some time there. And it actually got taken up in 2010 by some brand new graduates. And when I say new graduates, they'd just left school. And so from an association point of view, it's a very, very young association at the school, um, alumni association. And from a school's point of view, we've only had alumni staff for three years. That's a fascinating history. Jo, how about at Arden? It's a fairly much younger school. Oh, well, we're a little bit younger. We celebrate our centenary in 2022. So we were established in 1922 as a girls' school and we were actually a division of PLC Croydon at the time. Um, funnily enough, not a lot of people know that. Um, in, I think it was 19... Uh, I'm just quickly looking at my notes. 1976, we became fully co-ed. But our, we were just a primary school and it wasn't until 2008 that our first... Uh, year 12 class graduated. So when I arrived at the school two years ago in 2018, we actually had our first ever 10-year reunion. Um, and it was one of the things when they employed me, the council said to me, if you don't do anything else, we need you to celebrate this 10-year reunion. And it was quite, a, quite an unusual event in that we invited the parents along, which is not what we normally do for a reunion, so I'm sure most of you would agree. But because of the significance of, of that first year group completing the HSC and the faith and trust that the parents had in the school to set up a secondary school, we felt that it was important to celebrate the parents just as much as the students. And it was, you know, a fantastic event, which I'll go into a little bit more later. But it wasn't until then that we had probably what I would say is our first structured alumni event. And then the following year, um, in 2019, when that uh, Year 12 class graduated, was when we actually officially launched our Arden Alumni Association and our website with branding and all of that kind of thing. So, yes, very new uh, for a very old school. Got it. I can see a theme here. And uh, Philippa, how, um, how was, when, did, when and how did your alumni association start? So our ex-students union was started around 1905 as well. Um, it was instigated by the then principal, Dr. Marden, and he invited a group of ex-students to, you know, he proposed a, an ex-students union and they signed up. And initially it was set up to actually raise funds for a new library for the school, which is called the Marden Library and still exists today. And then from there, it became primarily fundraising um, for charitable works, but also then a social element came in. So every year since then, we've had an annual back to school day, which is called Jersey Day. And that was, um, you know, a day for ex-students to come back, finger sandwiches, cups of tea, sing the school hymn, have a service um, on the ground. So that event has been going ever since then annually. Um, and look, our ex-students association or union has had ups and downs. Um, we've always had a very dedicated committee of volunteers, but I was appointed about three years ago to as the first sort of really dedicated person to oversee alumni activities. Before then, we had someone who did it one day a week to support the union. 
but the union um, committee was struggling with event attendance. There was no strategy. It was all still very old-fashioned in style, and um, they they were struggling. Um, <clears throat> and so, <clears throat> yeah, my job was really to come in and bring our alumni program to the 21st century, so to speak. And what was your first step, Philippa? Um, the first step was a lot of listening um, and still is today. I think because um, particularly in the 90s, I would say that ex-student activities really fell down um, and there was no visibility also really within the school of ex-students. Um, uh, we did surveys of years 10, 11, 12, current students in my first year, and then we did the first big comprehensive survey of ex-students that we had contact details for um, to set a baseline of where we were at. They had never been surveyed comprehensively in 100 years. <laughs> um, and it was tough to hear, I think, for everybody involved. And it had become really... Um, isolated. So I don't know how it works at other schools, but at PLC for hundreds of years, it's been an optional membership. So we ask you 12 to opt in to a membership. And that unfortunately has created members and non-members. But the reality is they're all ex-students regardless. But unless you, um, unless you had joined the union, you had never heard from the school really again. Um, so the union committee only spoke to members. They didn't think beyond that and there was no one really at the school other than um, the, the, the then head of development speaking to more general ex-students. So it was trying to hear everyone's voice was the priority to me. And there's, there's an appropriate question for you now, Philippa, yeah. and it is what did you ask the current students in your survey? We asked them um, what... It was quite simple. It was sort of, have you heard of the ex-students union? Yes or no? What, if you, if yes, what do you know about the ex-students union? Um, what, um, gosh, I have to think back. I didn't bring that up. Um, what um, would you like um, to be offered to ex-students when you graduate? So it was pretty simple, only I think three to five questions. Um, but that has really really showed the ex-students union committee that they had no visibility because they didn't believe that, really. Um, and so my approach has really been to have evidence in everything that we do to show that it's not about the committee, it's about the community. And, and I think that has really shaped everything that we've done. So we've definitely had a two-pronged approach. We have an in-school communications approach and strategy and then we have our ex-student strategy because um, there's such an there was such an opportunity there and it had really impacted the um, the longer term strategy um, that the fact that school didn't have any idea about the ESU anyway yeah. and there's nothing better than a data-driven evidence and love, decision -making love, it. love it yeah I couldn't encourage people more to data be data-driven and not intuition-driven. Yeah. Um, Lynn, what was your first steps? Um, well, that's very interesting. Possibly exactly the opposite to Philippa's. <laughs> so Philippa was all about listening. We were all about talking. <laughs> so, um, so my background um, was very much parents rather than alumni and um, fundraising, but also I had two students who'd gone through the school. And one of those very early graduates who had just fresh out of school, um, who was secretary on the association, happened to be my daughter. So I knew pretty much what they didn't know, which was everything. So we decided, um, based on that sort of background, is that there has to be a reason for people to want to hear from the school. I, you know, know plenty of people that they walk out the door of the school and they never ever want to go back again. So we focused on why would you want to hear from us? What can we give you? And to let them know what we could give them. So it wasn't just stuff like um, enrolment applications. So there is that. So that's one demographic, but there's a much wider demographic. So um, we invited them to everything. 
anyone we had a contact detail, absolutely everything the school had, they were just constantly invited back to the school. Um, this is on showcase performing, what, you're a music captain once, why aren't you here? Uh, sort of type thing. Before we even had those details though, it was just inviting everyone to everything, letting them know what's going on. I think one of the, um, if you had a school function, so if you were doing a performance, we'd invite alumni to drinks beforehand. Um, we had so few contact details, it didn't really matter that what it was going to cost. Because a glass of champagne for, you know, 20 people, which it was initially, is nothing. But it got them back and then they told their friends, oh, yeah, I went, had drinks, and then I came back. So we did a lot of um, going out to them. Uh, we created an e-newsletter, so we did not have um, alumni presence in any of our school magazine material that went out. So we did a new e an e-newsletter, so that's really cheap bit about the school, a bit about any alumni we knew, and we just created a story about anything we heard. You know, if an alumni walked back in, wow, there's the photo, look at this, so-and-so is coming back, isn't this amazing, they have done this. Like, uh, I think one of ours was, um, we had the cathedral was actually doing a reunion for their choristers, which we were supporting, and someone had got married there by an ex-principal who was also a deacon. Well, we did the biggest 50th wedding anniversary thing you could possibly imagine. So um, I think that was it. And we just displayed lots of times. I'm just trying to check what else we do. Um, being in a city location, we um, are a great location for university students to work. So we prioritize um, alumni as casuals at the school. So that keeps sort of a lot of conversation going and a great way to liaise with them. Um, and we created lots of special events as well for them to come back to. So we started off mostly going out to them and then gradually bit by that, that built up our contact details so that we had a way to then engage more meaningfully because we would have had no one to send that survey to. Um, but we did also do pretty much what Philippa was saying about the in-school strategy. So one of the things we did is we have after... Um, students' names if they've graduated, the initials OA for Old Andrian and 2010, 12, whatever their year was, anytime they appear, that is there. So we have teachers who are graduates, it has that after them every single time. So it became something like, what is that OA thing? What does that mean? Um, they were giving a prize at the school that's now the biggest prize and the um, president comes and gives that prize. There's lots and lots of visibility now of whenever they come back. We invite them to be judges on talent quests. We invite them to be judges on fundraising. Anything we do, there is an old Andrew in there somewhere. Um, being loud and proud and heard about. And so it was a lot of exposure uh, that way. And we do a big thing with our U12s leaving. The actual gift on graduation is from our old Andrians. Um, They've done an extra special one this year, which is really um, cute. Our school has a tradition of creating a food analogy for each year group. The 2020 year group were a cappuccino. Our old Andrians have gone to the trouble, our association of doing little coffee beans um, for them all saying congratulations and getting through the grind to 2020. So a lot of that very personal interaction sort of stuff goes on. Um, so yeah, that was the twofold, but mostly at the beginning, it was just, we exist and we love you. Let us tell you how much we love you and how much we appreciate you. Got it. And Joe, how did you get your program kick-started? Well, again, we did the doing because our hand was forced by the chair of, of school council who said, I want this reunion. So we had to do the doing. Um, and I guess, you know, it, it was really good that we did the doing because it, 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 it made us start. Um, otherwise, I, you know, my preferred option would have been to listen, Philippa, and would have been to write a strategic plan and would have been to write a communications plan internally and externally. And we all of that, I would have... that way, but yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would have loved to do that, but um, I wasn't in a situation where I could. So... Um, but then, of course, when we did do that reunion, we started telling the stories and that then uh, was, was where we continued and still, you know, yesterday we published another story of one of our alumni who's studying overseas and um, is a great mathematician and da-da-da-da-da. So we're just telling the stories now um, and starting to get the word out. Having said that, we are starting to think about a survey now that we do actually have enough alumni on a database that we can survey. Um, because the other problem we had was our database only went back to 2008. So 
uh, whilst we had yearbooks and we've trolled through dusty old rolls, um, we were really in a, in a tricky situation of not having great data to be in contact with our alumni. So yeah, so we just started. Um, and I think, you know, in Arden's case, I've worked in quite a few schools now, but the sense of endearment towards Arden really struck me. And because we were um, a junior school for such a long period of time, a little bit like Lynn, where a lot of our alumni graduated from another school and perhaps related to that school more fully. But what we're finding out is that the sense of endearment that they have for Arden and their, their junior school years is still very strong. So that's something that we're going to use um, going forward in communication. And so Joe, apart from that key strategy of just getting started, yep. which is pretty key, yep. sometimes you just don't know where to start, just start. Um, what If you had one golden nugget, one successful key strategy over the last few years that you've learned, what would, what would that be? Yeah, well, interesting. I wrote down just start, but <laughs> I would also say be authentic. Um, and fortunately, we have our centenary in 2022. There's nothing like a centenary or an anniversary to be authentically in touch with your community. So if you have one coming up or if you don't create one, uh, <laughs> you know, it might be the, the 25 years since the, I don't know, some sporting team started or something like that. It gives you a reason to authentically be in touch with your alumni. Um, because otherwise you just struggle with, um, you know, popping out stories, um, wondering whether, you know, looking at the opens and saying, oh, yeah, a few people opened that one, that was an interesting one. But you just struggle with, you know, having something real to talk to them about, um, you know, without sort of slamming them with a fundraising message or, some, you know, something like that. So I just think be authentic. Thanks, Joe. And Philippa, what's what would be your golden nugget, your key strategy of success? I, I would have to say, even though we did do a lot of listening in the first year, I started in a January and our annual back to school day is in March. And I had six weeks to organise six reunions and the back to school day without like on my first day. So yes, just do it. Um, and I have to say that it's really taking the time to, it's, it's that combination of listening, being authentic. And I think too, in our case, our ex-students had not been heard in such a long time. They wanted to tell us they were so disappointed and they hadn't heard. But then when they did actually come to their reunion, it was fun, it was slick, they had a really good time. And that word of mouth from that first event, um, has meant that, that event year on year, unfortunately this year, we had to cancel it three days before, but it had doubled attendance year on year. So we'd gone from the year before I started, there were 25 people came to this back to school day, which was terrible. The first year it was 100, the second year it was 200, this year we were expecting almost 500 people. So it is just doing it. I have to say for us, we, before me, there wasn't, we did, you know, email marketing, we had a newsletter. Social media has been incredibly powerful for us. Mm -hmm. um, we have a dedicated ex-student Facebook group and Instagram separate from the school. So we link in as much as possible and share content, but our ex-student communications have a clear ex-student voice. Um, my feeling is, and, and the feedback has been, our ex-students, they've, they've drunk the Kool-Aid, they've bought the ticket, they know what's great about our school. They want behind the scenes, they want to feel really special and have an inter authentic intimacy. And so we do have a lot of fun on our social media, probably more so than maybe more traditional alumni relations social media. Um, we, we have a nice tongue in cheek at the fact, you know, we about, about the history of the school special teachers and that has been so powerful in getting people to re-engage with us um, because it's not a heavy message it's we love PLC we know you're part of the club come back just have a chat and start that really um, slow integration and then once they get back to the school that's 
when it really take we see a real takeoff in their engagement with us yeah I love that nugget about the social media and having a slightly different voice a bit more familiar a bit more cheeky um yeah that that's great advice thank you and and Lynn what's your golden nugget what's your key success strategy um I think to make it fun there's no point um i think what the others saying you know going out and saying look at these wonderful things we do if we want you to engage everyone's really busy um invited them to everything the opening of an envelope as i said before pretty much made them feel really special made them feel fun and made them feel really proud to be an old andrian that there was such a thing as an old andrian so certainly putting that um those name initials after their names um and making everybody know it was a big deal in the school so that the staff sort of went, oh, yeah, this ex-student came and did this and all of that sort of stuff. So it was to make it a really rewarding experience. And then when they were there, they were there. You were 100% committed to what they were, that, that was their presence, it was their story, and it was ways to find out um, how to share, you know, what was meaningful for them at school and being excited by it. Like if someone's telling you a story and you think it's absolutely awesome, do you know there were bomb shelters on our square in World War II and one teacher taught four different subjects at the same time? Like that's a great fun story. If you find it a great fun story, you're sharing that as a great fun story, not just going and in blah, 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 this happened. And so I think every reunion was absolutely amazing and fun and very, I think, typical of SACS. We're um, an old school but uh, fairly... We always say we're not a sandstone school, so it was just always a lot of fun um, when they came back. I think it was the key thing. And we did all the social media and all that sort of stuff as well, yeah. And, Lynn, whilst you're talking about that, um, what we're, we're going to talk a little bit about what communication channels we use and what we find successful. Would you like to comment on that? Uh, yes, yeah, certainly. Um, starting off with that EU newsletter was pretty good and very easy um, with whatever email um, we had. We email a lot. Um, we're really looking now at um, doing some more SMS because people's email addresses change and there's nothing more irritating than having a student address at university for a graduate that you never then can't get onto them again. Um, having an interactive platform, I think, is what we're our next step. Uh, so then it's easy for people to contact each other and they can, through that platform, while still being involved with the school. Uh, yes, we have a Facebook um, group which is also fairly informal um, and we share some items with the school but a lot of it's separate they love archive photos on that that's the most so we do a who what when um, which I think you know other people do flashback Friday or throwback Thursday all those different things but they sort of quite work well and they give structure um, even just a photo of a you know this is a science lab now who remembers what it was like in sort of type thing works. So that um, Facebook, LinkedIn, we could know we could do a lot more with that, you know, resources, but it's a good place to start um, with that sort of thing. And we also use those networks to promote them. So as I said, any old Andrew does anything, we boast if we know about it, but it could be the university play. Hey, look, five old engines are in the Suds play at Sydney Uni, blah, 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 it's on here. So that, they, you know, people can go and join them. So we use social media that way. I think that's most of it. Um, but yeah, we are looking at, we're about to go out and do a bit of a destination survey. And we think we're gonna do that by text messaging because it's going out just to the last two years grads. One of the things we um, did do that I probably would have, we had, we invented these. So that's, we divided our um, graduates into different age segments. So if it's been, whenever they've had contact with the school and they come back, they get a pin. That's the old Andrean shield um, for however many years. So there is always a present. You do not walk in this door without getting an old Andrean present. So um, that's sort of part of that too. Who doesn't like a present? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what, what communication platforms are you using? Um, so we, we uh, purchased the Toucan Tech system um, and that is what we use to do our electronic direct mails. It will also be what we eventually start to use um, for the interaction that Lynn was referring to between graduates. That has a way that you can kind of combine, you know, those who are in law and those who are in sport and those who are in marketing and what have you together and connect them. Um, we haven't got it to that, to that stage yet. We're not uh, using that module. 
Um, we use LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the social media platform that we've chosen to use for our alumni uh, shout outs. Um, we also put it, put, depending on the story, we will put it on the school's Facebook group or the school's Instagram account. Um, and we have face, closed Facebook groups for each graduating class of which are part of the school's overall um, Facebook account. So if they've got a reunion coming up, that might be the additional way that we collect information or reconnect with people who we've lost contact with. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what we do, keep it, trying to keep it simple um, at this stage, yeah. And Philippa? Um, yeah, we use uh, Campaign Monitor at the moment for our um, email marketing. We are looking, as Lynn said, at a dedicated portal. So we're looking at potentiality to Cantech, some familiar faces on here. So um, we're at that stage where we're, we're deciding what's going to work best and what's going to grow with our program. Um, we have a dedicated Facebook group, um, which is incredibly popular um, with you know, a certain demographic, certain age group, incredible engagement, flashback Fridays. Um, one of our most popular things that we do on Facebook and Instagram is actually walkthroughs. So I will go with my phone and walk through an old part of the school, an old classroom, put it to music. Um, the engagement on that is huge. I get so many emotional responses too, um, particularly now because we can't have reunions on site. Um, and they just want, they, I get, you know, more, more, more of this. Can you show us the science labs? Can you show us this part of the library? Um, so that's or even just walking through the gardens on a beautiful day goes really well and so simple and quick to do. Um, and then we have Instagram and Instagram. I saw someone asked a question about how do you have any tips in getting alumni to let us know what they're doing? Instagram is gold for me for that particularly the young ex-students. Um, I am not afraid. I see they've had, a, I follow them. If they follow me, I follow them. I can see when they've had a baby. I can see when they've gotten a new job, when they've moved to London. And I message them and say, hey, this looks exciting. Congratulations. And say, do you want to be in the magazine? Can we share this news on the internet? Lots of things. And that is really where I find a lot of our information. Um, and... Yeah, so that I'm very, very proactive on Instagram with our younger alumni and then LinkedIn as well, just connecting with people. Um, we have ex-students come back to talk at Futures webinars. So we do a series of um, careers webinars with current students and we're about to launch them specifically for ex-students in, in key industries. Um, and yeah, and then what else do we do? Magazine, we pulled all ex-student communications they used to have a standalone really old school magazine um it listed what everyone had had for breakfast kind of thing and how many children that had all that sort of stuff um, we have now got a dedicated section in the school's biannual magazine which has made a big difference as well for visibility externally but that key visibility internally as well um, with staff and um and the, the girls there's lots of positive response here from your comment about the walkthrough videos. Oh. So are you just doing that on your phone? I get my phone every Monday. I do it every Monday morning. Um, rain, hail or shine, because often when it's raining, um, it's really, I was an ex-student, so I do think that helps because I remember waiting at the roundabout in the rain. I know the pattern of the tiles. I showed a picture of the pattern of the tiles on the veranda in the rain. It went, it went off, so to speak. Um, so it's about knowing those memories um, and, and not being afraid to be a little bit sentimental and a little bit cheesy because um, that's what people want from particularly Instagram. They want the cheese and the emotional connection. So you have to, um, yeah, try things out. And, you know, particularly with stories, the thing I love about them, if it's no one likes it, it's only there for 24 hours and then it's gone. <laughs> Yeah, Miff, I would add to that too. Um, whilst Alana, who is our community engagement coordinator, is not an ex-student, fortunately our head of secondary and head of middle school were here when we established the secondary school. And so we've done some, they're both total jokers and so they're happy to bung on the cheese anytime. And Alana 
and she's online wherever she is I'm waving to her but Alana has done the same thing just grabbed her phone grabbed the boys and said taken them through particularly because we opened a new building last year so finally we have a beautiful um, creative arts centre so we were able to say to them remember what the hall used to look like this is what the creative arts centre looks like now and and they're amazed and so I think you know, video content, I would say, you know, really important. We all know that video does so well, um, you know, on any of our platforms. Um, but it doesn't have to be um, overproduced. Sure, we might add a bit of music to it or, you know, make sure we've covered off on a couple of key messages. But really, again, going back to the be authentic. Yeah, and keep it simple. I, I can, yeah. I'm always surprised when there's a um, photo of just a jacaranda tree. Girls <laughs> just like, oh, let's check around to see it. It's just so lovely. Yeah. A little bit cheeky. One of the things that we do that is very popular, and this not may not sit well with some schools, but um, the royals, so the British royal family, wear a lot of tartan, and our uniform is tartan. So we do a funny series, really sporadically, of um, particularly the princesses wearing black watch tartan, and. It's just funny and it breaks up the usual school. So it's about finding the themes and having a little bit of fun, even pushing the envelope just as much as you can. Yeah, I love that. There's a quick question here whilst we're talking about communication. Um, and after we've spoken about communication a little bit more, we are going to talk a little bit about events, just events in general. Um, but there's a question here about, and it's a really good one, about how you cover off... Um, the, the identity or privacy issues of having current students in photography. Um, so, does anyone, I'm happy to answer that, but it does it, Lynn? Um, well, we tend to only do it if it's already on the school Facebook page. So, they've already, you know, that's already been done and approved, they've agreed to that, and then we just share it from that onto the old Andrean page. So, that's usually with the current students um, with that. So. Pretty simple for us. Yeah, got it. Yeah, same for us. We we have a system of managing media permission. So um, a parent has to give written permission for their child not to be shown. Um, so whenever something's being posted, uh, we check that if it's an external platform, um, and if if you know if there is permission, then it's shared. Yeah. Same, same, Philippa. Same. Yeah. There's a couple of platforms that um, you might want to investigate if this is an issue at your school. One's Schoolbench and one's Pixavity. Yep. And they do have facial recognition and they can let you know when you put a photo through it, they can let you know what that student's permissions are. Um, but I think we all know dealing with a lot of um, social media platforms that putting up that post is not just as simple as, as click and put up a post. Like the curating, the checking, mm -hmm. it can take a, a best part of your day and it's really time consuming, um, but the rewards are definitely are definitely worth it. I um, saw a question, sorry, Miv, just um, with the walkthrough videos, I do them during class time. There aren't students in them. It's literally just the, the environment. So I don't put students... Um, on it occasionally a teacher will be on but I sometimes manage to make sure that's a teacher that's been here for a long time but otherwise there are no faces in those walkthroughs. Yeah that's a good that's a good idea. Anybody on the panel want to add anything else about communications before we move on? Great so we were going to move into Philippa we can stay with you what sort of reunions and milestones and um, you know anything interesting other than just the just the reunions and how many do you do when it's not COVID, like this, sure. yeah. So as I mentioned, we have Jersey Day, which is our annual come back to PLC day. And on that day, we hold all our annual reunions. So we do a five-year, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 sometimes. Um, and that's usually twilight drinks after the day's activity. So it's a full school kind of back to school day. Um, so all our reunions happen on one day. That change happened about three years ago and it's made a huge impact on reunion attendance um, and the overall vibe of the day as well. And it's great for communications as well because everyone come back on that day. We have a Croydon Circle lunch, which is for ex-students age 75 plus. 
Um, that's an annual lunch. They use that as their annual reunion. They come back to school for a sit-down lunch, presentations. Um, we treat them very specially. Um, then we have Archibald Art Tour, which I know a lot of schools do. Um, so the exhibition annually, we invite them to things like house choir night. Um, what else do we do? Um, and futures webinars, so our futures program, we, we're finding a lot of engagement with inviting ex-students to come back and be guest speakers, um, either virtually or in person. I know a lot of schools do that, and that is really um, a great way to get them back to school. So we have a lot of ex-student guest speakers throughout the year. Great. And Lynn, you did say that you just invite your um, alumni to the opening of an envelope, but is there something in particular you'd like yeah. to we <laughs> always have a um, one-year reunion. It's always the March. So it's really closer to 18 months. That's to make sure they're all 18, to be perfectly honest. But when they graduate, they get their letter, welcome to the Old Andrews Association, and your one-year reunion will be in March this year. So they've had their first invitation before they walked out the door. So we do a one-year reunion. We do a five-year reunion off-site that I have no staff has anything to do with. We don't want to. That's the association's one. That's... Uh, uh, a particular age group where we think the less we know, the better it is um, for what they're doing in their celebration. <laughs> we have a 10-year and a 20-year one. Uh, they're held at the school. They come. Um, we have drinks in the foyer. I take them on a tour and then they can choose an option whether they go on somewhere else. But um, more and more often they choose to actually do something in our rooftop, which um, is you know, the equivalent to everyone else's gardens, I guess. Uh, and then we do a 30, 40 or 50 year reunion on request. So if anyone asks us, yep, we'll facilitate that happening. Um, but we also do some combined age group um, activities. So um, both for the younger end and the older end. So the two extremes to some extent. So they have uh, an event, the association event called the assembly which is sort of for graduates of the last 10 years. So that's very much caters to that sort of younger um, socialising. We tend to do it on a rooftop somewhere in the city, you know, reminiscence of the rooftop playground, but off-site. And then we have uh, a diamonds lunch. So that's the other multi-generational, which is anyone who's left 40 years plus, um, and they're all mixed in together. But we do find people really like to have just their year group in the years um, intertwined. And then we have um, things, I guess, which is a bit like the equivalent of people might have a back to day sports day. We have a, a choir Sunday for our choristers and those sorts of ones. Did you want me also to do what other events are alumni invited to? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we also, um, we have a captain's dinner. So that's all the former captains um, and vice captains who were with our current head. That was actually his, um, his passion to do that. So we've sort of brought that as a more alumni one. We also have alumni come back and actually do events for us. So they do a cabaret event called the second act, often as a fundraiser. Um, so the second act being the first act while they're performing arts students at school, the second act is performing arts um, out of school. So that's really popular. They do a careers thing, I guess, similar to what Philippa was talking about. Um, they run one, they call it learning the ropes. Um, they do a zero in, which is focusing on areas, and these are often targeted at very senior students and first year grads, so it's a good way to combine the two groups together. And um, this year in COVID, they've actually been leading the way for us in uniting our community. So it was our older Andrean Association volunteers who did the virtual choir, not the school staff, and they invited not just old Andreans, but also staff and parents and students and so they did this fantastic thing um virtual choir they also did um showcasing showcase so showcases are big performing arts they with the help of our school archivists put together a sort of highlights reel i guess performance for that so they've um actually been the ones who've been taking on all the virtual events this year and inviting everyone else in the community to be part of their community and it's been a fantastic engagement process and there's a there's a question here, and I thought of uh, this question too. What what's your biggest uptake? So I'd ask him, for example, our fifty year reunion is always sort of the big one. So that first year reunion when they haven't been out of school very long, do you get a big intake, um, uptake? Sorry, of, of that and those other little events 
you know, what's the general um, attendance? Um, they're growing and growing and growing. So at the moment with most one year reunions, we'd probably have 90% of the year group come back. That's quite um, which is, yeah, pretty good. The five-year, um, because they're nearly all sort of university graduates, that's sort of very varied. Um, a lot of them, we found that sort of the age group where maybe they don't want to share what they're doing. Maybe they've changed what they're doing a few times or they had unrealistic expectations of where they're going to be in five years. So that one's sort of a little bit um, hit and miss um, more, but we still, we don't want it to be until the 10 year before they catch up again. So that's sort of very informal. Um, 10 year are also growing. I think our last 10 year, we got 80% of the year group. So that was a really strong one. That was sort of um, high. And then, yeah, 20 is also very strong actually. And we're only just starting to build up the 30, 40 plus. But then um, I, if you remember when I said originally our school was really small then, so they just wouldn't be as many so like we had the whole of one year and there was who was still living and mm. you know it was I don't know 20 people okay. <laughs> sort of type thing so yeah. um that was a 50 year one a couple of years ago but yeah no really big uptake in the younger ones we're really excited by that yeah that's a 90 percent amazing joe yeah. what's happening in your world of reunions and events so, um, well, the first thing that we do is the alumni sign-up day, and this year it's going to be um, at uh, Year 12's breakfast, the morning of their graduate, their final graduation assembly. Um, last year we did it at their valedictory dinner, so that's kind of their first event as such. Uh, they sign up to the website, they create a profile, and they're given their Arden alumni pin. Um, after that, uh, and again, next year will be slightly different because of COVID this year and that Year 12 haven't been able to have their proper uh, valedictory dinner that they would normally have. We're going to do a one-year reunion and it's my dastardly plan to continue that. <laughs> Thank you, COVID. Um, there's a good, good in everything. Um, but then we, then we have a cycle of 10-year reunions. However, uh, be, again, because we have the centenary in 2022, we're going to have a bit like Philippa's finger sandwiches and tea and coffee. We're going to call it the eucalyptus lunch. And everybody who is alumni will be invited to that event. And we're going to use that event, obviously, to collect data and as the way to, to research and trigger what it is that we do, do going forward. Um, so we really hope that uh, a lot of, you know, we'll advertise the event publicly in the paper and on social media and everywhere we can think of um, to hopefully bring back some of those people from the junior school years that are no longer connected with the school, reconnect them, um, you know, gather their information and their stories and, and go from there. So it'll be a really great opportunity for us. They do come back as speakers. We have an alumni assembly at the beginning of every year for the class that's just graduated. Um, and, you know, we put out, we put call outs out. Now that, now that advancement is seen as the central point of contact for alumni, which was, which was one of our challenges actually, because until we had a, a fully fledged advancement office and until our staff saw us as the guardians of alumni, they had, you know, alumni on their Facebook groups. I know, don't say. <laughs> they were in contact with alumni by email, all sorts of other ways, and not through us, in isolation to us. So now that we're seen as the central point of contact, staff are actually coming to us and saying, I need a speaker on geography or I need a speaker on this or I need a speaker on that. So it's, it's actually turning the tables and I think that our alumni will become more and more engaged um, because we're active in the space and that they can see that we care about it and we care about those relationships on an ongoing basis. Um, and the other thing that we had planned this year, which sadly we had to cancel, uh, our bankers, Westpac, kindly offered us their beautiful function space at Barangaroo and we were going to have a, a networking event there. Some of you who were at the last New South Wales Educate Plus conference might remember Jen Harwood, the, the networking lady. She was going to come along and, and uh, teach you know, the audience how to, to network in a professional business sense. And we were also thinking about getting a LinkedIn expert along because we thought that that might draw in some of the recent graduates to help set up a professional um, 
LinkedIn page. So unfortunately that had to be cancelled, but it's something that we will do going forward. And at a city venue, a bit like Lynn, she's got her school in the city, but have a city venue so that, um, you know, it would attract some of the younger alumni who could come from their offices, if we ever work in offices anymore, <laughs> to, to the event. Um, yeah, what I didn't sort of mention um, earlier was that we do have alumni come back and do a lot of stuff for us in terms of not just events, so in mentoring. So we have a startup program, um, a mix of semi-final judges. Um, this year, our entire startup program was ended up being a um, multi-studio broadcast, which was completely run by ex-students. Um, which was good because uh, I didn't have the resources to do that. So they mentor on all those sorts of things, lots of career things, lots of coming back, speaking, doing that sort of thing that the others were talking about that I think is so essential. And, oh, my goodness, they love doing that. Mm. They really love doing. Mm. A quick question for you here, Lynn. How many in your team? Um, so I've got a team, but we, don't, we also do the parents and we also do the... Um, all sorts of various different sort of areas in the school events and all of that sort of stuff. So as a dedicated person to alumni, um, one person two days a week. Uh, and then I have overview and I'm very involved. Um, just in the same, I'm very involved with the parents or anything. I just, you know, um, and then, but we have other staff who like if it's an event and it's an alumni event, we can call on them to help us do the event bit of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Rather than, yeah, so it's a, it's a big team, but it's not a big team doing alumni. Yeah, I understand. It's a community relations team. Yeah. So um, we are running out of time. So I'm going to finish with Philippa to talk to us a little bit about her most successful events. And have we haven't spoken to you about that yet, have I, Philippa? Uh, I, think, I think I touched on it. Oh, you did. You're okay. So there's, there was quite a lot of um, chat about the business directories. It was something that we were going to touch on. Um, but I feel like everyone's been supporting each other a lot in the chat about business directories. Um, you know, whether it's a thumbs up or a thumbs down, it seems a lot of people are hosting them on their, on their websites. Um, Joe, did you want to touch anything about business directories? Yeah, well, we decided that we would do it. Um, the Chican Tech um, platform that we have allows us to do that. So with what happened with COVID, we actually used it as an opportunity to fast track the business directory because we, we felt it, again, was an authentic way to go out to our alumni and say, if you or your business is struggling at the moment, let us support you by offering this additional way for you to network with the art and community. And we opened it up to our alumni first so they could promote their product or service on the business directory. And then we actually opened it up to our current staff and parents. Um, now, it, it, it's had a little bit of success. I think we've got, you know, 12, 12 listings on there at the moment. I think the people who have been most successful have offered some sort of uh, discount or incentive to the alumni community. Um, if they were to to connect with that particular business. I'm kind of committed to keeping going on it for a bit and see how it works. I think offering it at a difficult time for COVID just as a value add uh, worked to our advantage. Um, and it's one of these things, I think it's like anything in the alumni space. It's, you know, hard slog every day. You've just got to keep onto it and um, it will come eventually. Um, so, yeah, so I've, I think there is still a place for business directories for sure. Philippa, do you have a business directory? No, we don't. Um, we offered some visibility to parent, parents and the int more internal, I guess you would say, community during COVID, but we don't have a business directory. Um, I'm not sure if it would work just yet for our community, but it might be something we'll look at doing. We're not sure yet. We certainly didn't have one till this year. It's very much the same as Joe. You know, we just saw it as a value add for a community that weren't as connected this year as they would normally be, that we could offer it to both parents and all girls at the same time. Um, and um, many, we got hundreds, but um, whether anyone's actually used it, um, as Joe said, you've just got to keep chipping away. I, I don't know, but... I think it was a nice positive sentiment during a year where you yeah. try to find ways to connect 
Lynn, do you have a business directory? Um, look, we're looking at developing it, but I don't think I've got anything to add that would be any different to what you guys have said. Any um, thing we're running out of time comment I was going to make was about working with your association. So my biggest tip is to work with them. So I go to every single executive meeting um, very much show that we are there to support them and that we're working together. We're all great mates now. Um, I think they meet with our principal once a term. Um, so they get a chat, so they know what's going on at the school. It's once again, making them also feel very special and valued. Uh, and they're very aligned and we combine them with also our parents, our PNF um, group. So there's sometimes things where we do all three, the school, the PNF and the association do it uh, all together, which spreads resources between volunteers really well. So it's so my sort of really big tip is to just really work with them and get to know them. I'm now a lifelong member, you know. It just becomes one of those really nice, warm, fun um, things rather than I know I hear from other schools that there's often a lot of um, stress and pressure. Pressure. Admittedly, ours is an incredibly young executive, which makes it easier. Um, but then in other ways, they need a lot of mentoring. So in the same way, if you had a more senior one, they don't need the mentoring, but they maybe need to be brought on board. Either way, it's work, but it's, it's there who you have to be working with and respect their goals and align them with what um, the school's goals are. And it's just lots and lots of time, enjoyable time together, really. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a really good tip, Lynn, is actually just being able to spend some time with them to get to know them, to feel like they're part of the team. But some old boys and old girls committees are, are extremely difficult to, to manage. Um, jo, what's, what's your experience like? We don't have an association or a union at all. Um, so it, we don't meet, we don't have any committee meetings or anything like that. They're our alumni and all activities and communication is driven by the advancement office. So if you're using this like volunteers. Sorry, Lynn. I was just questioning, Joe, do you then go out and ask if you want the um, alumni to volunteer, you have to go to them directly rather we than do. the association? Yeah. So for example, this week we did a call out, you'll see it on my LinkedIn, um, calling all geographers. We need someone to come and speak to, I can't remember the year group, Alana, you'll remember, but um, to come and speak to some of you 10, she said, um, uh, you know, in class about something. So, no, we manage it all. And someone's put something in, in the chat about how did I get the staff to come through us. Um, that's when I went to the opening of an envelope. So every opportunity I got, I talked about the role of advancement in the school and that we were responsible for alumni relations and that if staff needed our assistance and our help to um, communicate with alumni, then they should get in contact with us and I just talk about it a lot. <laughs> That's fascinating. And and Philippa, your your relationship with your old girls committee? Oh, we have we have an old girls committee. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, change can be hard um, and particularly when you know there is that tension between an independent union and the college um, and I was my purpose of my role was to get the alumni program um, brought up to where it needs to be. So we've had our moments over the last three years, very supportive and time is the key. Um, I go to every meeting. I technically now sit on the committee um, as an ex-student as well and that has been a good a positive um, and trying to get us all to not see it as a division, that we're all together um, for a greater purpose. Um, I think changing that mentality of, from, from my perspective, because we had members and non-members, trying to really dissipate that mentality so that we're all ex-students because there's been a shift in the way our membership fee is taken. It's now automatic. So eventually everybody will all be um, a member. So it's it's been, um, it's had its moments um, and, you know, I'm also a lot younger than a lot of the people on the committee um, and have a slightly different style. So it's learning how to, you know, listen, take on constructive criticism, give constructive criticism. Um, and for me, it's having the support of the principal um, and, and just working every day, not getting, you know, looking at the bigger picture and the ultimate goal trying not to get bogged down in some of the more emotional um, elements that do come up when you're dealing with a passionate group of volunteers. Very diplomatically put, Philip. 
Um, it is 12 o'clock, so I just want to say a really big thank you to Sheila for hosting this for us today at Educate Plus, to Joe and Philippa and Lynn, amazing. Thank you for all your insights. I'm sure there's a gold Educate Plus pen coming your way to say thank you. <laughs> I don't think we've got anything else in the show bag this year. Um, <laughs> And just to answer one of those questions that, yes, the chat also gets posted with this recording. Um, so you can watch us over and over again um, on the Educate Plus website. Are we able to, um, I'll just, if, if you have more questions, um, you're welcome to email us directly or through the head office, but you're also welcome to get in touch with anybody at any time yes. on the Educate Plus website, the forum which is a great place or the Educate Plus Facebook group to just post questions and we all keep a, you know an eye on it because we all get great um, feedback from everybody. So thank you, everybody. And I'll just hand over to Sheila. Yeah, thank you very much, everyone. That was fantastic. Very interactive and lots of uh, chat going on there. Um, I will have all of this information up on the website by this evening and I'll send you all an email with a direct link and it's great to see so many familiar faces. Guys, thank you very much and hopefully we'll all meet in person soon. Yes. Bye. Thank and you everybody. See you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs>